Welcome back to the It's Classic Podcast. I'm your host, Zion Lashua, and today I'm joined by my good friend, Sean. Sean, hey. say hi. 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 Uh, how are you? Oh, it's like, I feel like I've heard this in like podcasts and, and like YouTube videos and stuff mm-hmm. where like they ask the how are you question, mm-hmm. but often the recording has been preceded by like talking with the other person about actually how they're doing. So mm-hmm. it's like, feels like a second question that's like not entirely necessary, but anyway, how are it's you? It's just the formality. Yeah. It's like, I mean, we've literally like spent like the past two hours just catching up. <laughs> yeah, so. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so today it's been a while since we've done anything with this kind of area of the world which is kind of cool. Well, hold on. Let me just add... Sorry. I just thought of something yeah. to add on to that last idea. Sure. That last sentiment. Mm-hmm. I like that it's a formality. You know what I don't like is when you're listening to a podcast yeah. and like the first 15 minutes are them just like goofing and gaffing and not related to what they're, the podcast is <laughs> Dude, about. we do sometimes do that. I know we do, do sometimes do that. <laughs> um, okay. So we are talking about some Norse stuff Ooh. today. Yeah. So it's like... Not necessarily mythology, it's like Norse kind of folklore about a hero that would often be told kind of around the fireside, like about this like ancient hero who like lived, but like there probably was a version of this person that oh, lived at gotcha, some point, gotcha, gotcha. but like... So it's, okay, I don't know anything about Beowulf, but is it like Beowulf? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Or like it's... Um, like King Arthur? Yeah, it's like King Arthur, or yeah. even like um something like, uh, uh, like a Paul Bunyan oh. in the American equivalent, which like, I'm not saying that there was a Paul Bunyan, I'm mm-hmm. saying that like... Paul Bunyan is like a combination of a bunch of stories that were told potentially by lumberjacks to other like townsfolk being Mm -hmm. like, I once had a friend who felled the greatest tree in the forest. And Mm -hmm. they all kind of coalesced to a single being like all Uh the stories became attributed to this person who did, who didn't exist, but like Mm -hmm. a version of them probably did. That's cool. I didn't Um, know that about Paul Bunyan. Yeah. I mean, he was actually invented by like a newspaper who like was trying to publish a bunch of these like stories. Is Is he a big man? He's got a big blue cow. He's a big man with a, with a big blue ox and he is like a lumberjack. All right. Didn't he like race a train? To dig a tunnel? No, no, no. That's um, uh, John Henry. Okay. Was John Henry black? Yes. Okay. I believe so. He, uh, there's another like American folktale thing. And I, John Henry did exist. I don't know if he beat a drill in real life. I think he might've. Um, but Paul Bunyan is the, the newspaper was basically like wanting to publish these like crazy zany stories, but they didn't mm-hmm. want to like have a bunch of backstory on each individual. Mm-hmm. Lumberjack. And also like the sources are some guy said this. Yeah, so yeah, they just yeah. kind of made it all one mm-hmm. Dude. That's cool. I didn't know that about um, Paul Bunyan. Yeah, I wrote a paper about him in a sophomore, junior year of mm-hmm. college. Um, so anyway, this is about a king. This is a like a legendary... So this is a... this The actual name of the source is the Hervarar Saga Uk Heindrex, is the, the, the saga of the wise king Heindrek. Mm-hmm. And this is a legendary saga from the 13th century, so pretty like late in terms of the scope of this podcast, but it combines sources from like Germanic heroic legend mm-hmm. and also deals with stories like from the fourth century, which is like more kind of in our wheelhouse, like more towards like ancient times. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, what sure. classifies as ancient times? Is I mean, at, at zero, that's my benchmark is often the year 1000 is when I start to lose interest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but in general, uh, like they break it down into different ages. It's like obviously like the classical age, like the medieval, medieval age. Yeah. And like, I still like medieval, mm-hmm. but less so. But so I thought this was the source that I actually used, uh, J.R.R. Tolkien, uh, his son, Christopher Tolkien, this was his translation of this ancient like epic. J.R.R. named his kid Chris? Yeah. (laughs) I don't actually know what the J.R.R. stands for. I just thought it was (laughs) J.R.R. I think it stands for something, right? I don't know. Um, Okay, definitely a little embarrassed about this one. Hey, everybody, editing sign here. Just to clarify what the J.R.R. and J.R.R. Tolkien stands for. Uh, So it turns out. I didn't know. His name was John Ronald Ruel. 
So that's pretty cool. I also had to Google how to pronounce Ruel because I had never seen it before. But pretty cool name, J.R.R. All right, back to the show. So anyway, let's 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 get right into it. So the story of King Hydric. It's a classic. I feel like you cringe less now. Yeah. I've gotten used I've to gotten it. I've gotten used to it. Yeah. It's, it's because I also listen to a lot of the episodes. Yeah, you're like, oh, this is like a thing now. Yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> it's not just Zion being cringe. <laughs> um, so, first, we meet a man, and there's a lot of, first off, a lot of names, a lot of, a lot of consonants really close together. Mm-hmm. A lot of J's and V's. Uh, with and the K's. dots. With yeah. The, with the, the dots. With the umlauts. Yeah. Um, this doesn't have umlauts, but this is... What is an umlaut? It's the two dots okay. above the... Well, how do you yeah. pronounce the... The umlaut. Oh, I think it's like more of like a guttural oh, O. Uh-huh. I mean, I could look, I, I don't, there's a couple names that actually do have the umlaut, mm-hmm. but not this guy. This guy is Sigr- Sigurlami, mm-hmm. um, and he was the king of Gardariki. Gardariki? Mm-hmm. Uh, and early in his, in his life, uh, Sigurlami had tricked a pair of dwarves into crafting him a powerful blade, and the dwarves made a blade that they named Tyrfing. Oh. Do you know Tyrfing? It sounds familiar. I feel like I've... It's like an item in like video games and stuff. It definitely could be because it's like they even this translation makes it like a footnote point mm-hmm. being like this sword is well known throughout the kind of like corpus of like Norse myth and folk tales. Yeah. Uh, it changes hands a lot. So when so the, the like the power that mm-hmm. attributed to the sword, whenever it's drawn, a ray of light shines out from it. Mm-hmm. And no living thing could withstand a blow from it. So, like, even if you cut something with it, mm-hmm. it would die. Even if, like, the blow wouldn't be fatal. Even if it was, like, a paper cut? Yeah. Those are, like, good. But also, anyone who held it in battle would be victorious if they struck blows with it. So, mm-hmm. like, if you did manage to strike someone... It's like the Elder Wand. Yeah. Which, like, it's it's actually a lot like the Elder Wand. <laughs> because while it does say, oh, you'll always win a battle, the owner seems to die a lot. Fire Emblem. Oh, really? It's an item. It's a sword and fire emblem. Oh, cool. Yeah. In... Like Which fire old fire emblem. Oh, it's okay. called like Genealogy of the Holy War. It's apparently really good. Have you I've played never it? played it. Oh, okay. Because it's like it's it was it was a game that was like not released in America. I was gonna ask, is it one of the ones that Yeah, like... so like you can find them online of people who like translated it themselves. Apparently they might be remaking it soon, so I don't want to spoil myself, but apparently it's like one of the best. Oh. Yeah. That's cool. Sorry, anyways. That's fine. Yeah. Um so so those are the benefits of the sword, right? Like you if you could strike blows, you would win the battle. Mm-hmm. It could kill anything, and also like bright Light, bright light. And it also hides you from death. Um, and you can have a rock that talks to ghosts. Oh, this is a... I, I, thought, <laughs> I thought this was a Fire Emblem thing. And I was like, how do you know? If you haven't played the game, how do you know it's a baby Fire Emblem? Well, it's like... It's like no, it's it's, that was the game that it was like prevalent in. It was like mm. a main character's item. Mm. But like there's references to right. it late in later games. I think uh, it's like a sword that heals you. Right. But no, you were referencing Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, however, the dwarves uh, cursed the sword because they were angry at like being tricked. Uh, there isn't much detail on how they were tricked into making the sword, but somehow Sigurlami tricked them into making it for him. Lured them out of their home and wouldn't let them leave until they made him a sword. That's not tricking someone. That's just slavery. Yeah, it's just like kidnapping. It's just kidnapping. <laughs> forced labor. <laughs> um, however, so they cursed the sword that it could never be unsheathed without the death of a man. So if you unsheathed it, you had to kill someone with it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then it could seem like that much of a curse. And then it could only be sheathed if there was blood on it. So like you had to kill the man and then like while it was still wet with blood, you could then resheath it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like the like technical curse that exists on the blade. But I think it's also just like he who, he who yields it will be cursed to have an ill fate. Like that, that's, not, that's not explicitly said, but a lot of the people who hold this sword, their life doesn't go great after they get it. But like, this doesn't seem though. like a curse because I feel like that's the primary function of a sword. Yeah. Right. It would be weirder if, like, you made some magical tunic mm-hmm. and that curse was every time you put this on, someone dies. <laughs> right, and yeah, you need yeah. cover it in blood. That's true. But a sword is a, is is explicitly meant to kill mm-hmm. people and have blood on it. Yeah, so maybe it's actually fine. <laughs> yeah. No, swords don't kill people. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, yeah, yeah. I thought you were, like, ironically saying the, the wrong thing, but then you're like, oh, no, that's right. What what would the ironic what? It's like the actual phrase is like guns don't kill people, yeah. people kill people. Yeah. But like, so you uh, thought I was gonna say like people don't kill people, swords kill people? <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know what you're gonna say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because that would be reinforce the fact that like that's what the sword does. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Anyways, so there's a there's been a, it's been passed down. Not yet. Sigurlami still has it. So he tricked these dwarves into having this sword, and so now and, he has it. And is Sigurlami the character that we're focusing? No, on? Oh, okay. he's just where the story begins. Okay, okay. So the next event's a little hazy. But basically, there was this other guy named Arngrim, and he was a great Viking warrior and a berserker, so mm-hmm. he would, like, go into a rage and Eat do this whole thing. and kill people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he either became the captain of Sigurlami's guard and, like, impressed him, mm-hmm. and that led to Sigurlami being like, here's my daughter. This is a thing that happens a lot in this story, by the way. Women just use as commodity, like, oh, all the time. That's not just this story. No, that's yeah. all of human history. Yeah, obviously. But, like, as I was reading, I was like, man, it's just happening. It's another time. Mm-hmm. Like, almost every story beat is just put forward by, like, a woman just being... Most of the time, against her will just marry to some random guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they don't get any agency. So that's, you know, par for the course. But also, you never like to see it. Yeah. Um, so he either became the captain of the guard, impressed him, and then he gave him her do- his daughter. Or he ravaged the kingdom, killing Sigurlami, and also just taking his daughter and, like, marrying her. And also taking the sword. So he was either, like, bestowed the sword. like as or like took it by force. Or he killed Sigurlami and took it by force. Like, either way. The sources conflict. You know yeah. what's... Like, it's either, like, a bloody option or, like, a noble option. Mm-hmm. But either way, the woman, it, yeah, it's the same fate happens. There's no her. agency. Yeah. <laughs> um, either way, Sigurd is gone from the story, and now we're focusing on this other guy, whose mm-hmm. name is Arngrim again. And Arngrim and his new wife, Aifura, uh, settled and had 12 sons. Oh, my God. And we... So, some of the names that matter. Um, Engantir, Jorvard, Hervard, Harani... Two named Haddings? They had the same name? Like, yeah, it says in the source that there was a pair of Haddings, and I was like, why? Were they twins? <laughs> it doesn't say. They just but... couldn't tell them apart, so they just gave them the same <laughs> it's name, fire. so they're always right. Um, and so those are the only names that we get. The, the others had names, but we only get that many. Um, so one of the twelve, and this is another thing with the source conflict, either Angantir or Hjorvard, uh, we'll, we'll say that, like, just for the purpose of having a narrative, like a solid narrative, we'll say Hjorvard made a vow at Braggerful, which is like this ceremony where you swear what you're going to do for the next year. Like, this mm-hmm. is like the goal that it's, I will it's accomplish. New Year's resolutions. Yeah. New uh, Year knew me. His New Year knew me was to marry the daughter of Ingjald, the king of the Swedes. Um, but, like, you know, he didn't want to, like, win her heart or anything. He just wanted to, like, take, take her. Take her. <laughs> and doesn't, doesn't Sweden still have a king? Yes. He, like, rides a horse around the town sometimes. I think I've read that on Reddit or something. <laughs> like he like to like impress, like to just have. I think he just like rides a horse around town, mm-hmm. just like 
for funsies. I don't know. I'm probably wrong. I mean, we can find out. Okay, so uh, this is Editing Zion trying to figure out what Sean was talking about when he talked about the King of Sweden riding a horse around. Uh, I couldn't find anything. The current King of Sweden is Carl Gustav XVI. And I uh, couldn't find anything about him riding horses around publicly. He might do it in his private life. He uh, he's uh, he's an official Boy Scout though, so that's kind of neat. Or well, technically like a scout because I don't. They got rid of the Boy Scouts and Scouts a while ago. But anyway, he's a part of the International Federation of Scouts. That's neat. Uh, Sean could have been referring to King Charles III of England, who rode a horse publicly in June 2023 for his official birthday parade. So maybe that's what he was talking about. I don't know. Uh, you know, kings do ride horses. All right, back to the show. So then, like, the Twelve then travel to the land of the Swedes, and Chorvard declares this to Ingald, like, Ingald, be like, I want to marry your daughter. Mm-hmm. And it would be custom for the king to, like, demand a great deed to be performed to prove their allegiance. Like, he, like, oh, mm-hmm. go slay a great beast or something like that. Yeah. So, like, while he's, like, pondering that, um, another man, like, rises from the crowd, some random guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to marry your daughter. Yes, whose name is Chalmar the Great-Hearted. And he steps forward and he's like, king. You must give your daughter to me instead, as I fought many battles for you and, like, deserve her more. Because, mm-hmm. like, I am, like, a loyal citizen of this kingdom mm-hmm. versus, like, this random guy who just showed up. Mm-hmm. Um, and the king, in a surprising fashion, is like, I couldn't possibly pick what daughter, why don't you pick which one? Oh, like, my gosh, she had agency. She got to pick between one of two options, so that's, that's, that's something. Or, you know, she, like, she wanted to change her face, so she split a, a arrow with an arrow <laughs> and then her mom turned into a bear. Dude, how did you know the rest of the story? <laughs> um, so then she said, oh, well, I want to marry Shalmar, the random guy who just, like, spoke up in the crowd. Because she'd only heard evil of the Twelve Brothers. Like, the Twelve Brothers had a reputation mm-hmm. for, like, going around, like, ransacking places. Mm-hmm. Which is probably true. Mm-hmm. Um, Do they have the sword? Or does the dad still have the sword? The dad still has the sword. Okay. So their father still has the sword. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're, like... So then uh, Jorvard challenged Shalmar... To a duel at Samsi. So okay, but she like made the choice. Yeah, she like, made, just respect the choice. And... She made the choice, but then he's like, "Before you get married, you have to kill me, or you'll or like or I'm dis- coming for you or dishonor." Like yeah, he's like he like you won't like he you won't have deserved her. Yeah, so he he challenges this guy to a duel. Mm-hmm. So now there's there's a duel. He plays blue eyes white dragon <laughs> <laughs> and uses months and uses poly fusion. To make the three-headed blue-eyes white dragon. Dude, I wish I knew enough about Yu-Gi-Oh! to, like, riff off of this, but I know... <laughs> and obviously, you don't know as much about Yu-Gi-Oh! either, because you said... And he summons Dark Magician in defense mm-hmm. mode. The, like, three most common cards. Karibo. <laughs> I like Karibo. <laughs> we all boy. like Karibo. <laughs> so, the brothers, like, the twelve brothers, return home and told their father the result of their quests. Like, mm-hmm. he was like, oh, kids, how did it... Did you marry the girl? No, he he pulled a monster reborn on me. And <laughs> okay, that's a little, so and then he and then he played Pot of Greed yeah. and drew two extra cards. Wait, so did the duel happen? Not yet. Like oh, they, it's scheduled. Yeah, it's it's, it's on yeah. the itinerary. They basically he, that's it's literally what happened. He's like, it's happening at this place. It's happening in the back. It's happening in the school cafeteria at three o'clock. Be there or be square. Basically <laughs> behind the dumpster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> After school. Um. So, the, but the, first of all, they they go home to get juice boxes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> So they return home and they tell him, oh, we're going to go fight some guys mm-hmm. for it. And then, then the father, he was worried and he was like, okay, uh, Angantir, not Shorvard, not the guy who's technically dueling, but the eldest son, Angantir, mm-hmm. he says, I want you to have this sword, Tyrfing, because it will aid <laughs> he you He pulls it out and then he's like, oh my God, I got to oh, kill one dude. of you guys. Oh, oh no. Two Haddings. Um... So anyway, so yeah, they, he gives him the sword and dude, I mean, that's what you've described is the time where the curse would apply mm-hmm. and it does come up, but not yet. 
Um, so he like, like unsheathed it? No, he didn't then. But like I'm saying in general, like the one situation where like you might that not might not be a thing you want to do is if you're at a feast and you draw the sword and you have to kill some random person at the feast. <laughs> like some peasant. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, the father entrusts Engantir with the legendary sword and he says like, oh, you'll need this. The brothers then went to Samsi and they saw two ships like anchored on this. I think it's an, like, it's an island or a porter. So at this location, there's two ships already anchored there. And they're like, oh, this is like the people that were here to fight. Mm-hmm. Because I think the assumption was that Jorvard was going to bring his twelve bro- his 11 brothers, and then Jalmar was going to bring people to fight. That's literally just not the definition of a duel, which no, is two people. it's just a battle. <laughs> just a war. Yeah. Um, so the brothers then like kind of went into berserker mode, and then like destroyed everyone on the ships. They, they barged on the, on the ships, and they kill everyone. But it wasn't... Uh, no, it was them. Oh, okay. <laughs> but luckily, Hajalmar and his friend Arrow Odd uh, had ventured inland. Like, so they weren't on the ship. They, they basically left the ship to is go... Is this the guy who was going to duel someone? This is the, okay. this is the guy who was officially, like, challenged okay, to duel. Gotcha. So he had left the ship. So mm-hmm. he comes back and all his men are dead now. Mm-hmm. Um, so him and his friend Odd, who has his own whole saga, he's, like, known as, like, a kind of traveling warrior who just, like, is, he dips in and out of a bunch of different he's stories. Wandering swordsman. Yeah. Um... So they returned from, and they saw the 12, who were, that, who were now, like, weakened after their, like, berserker stakes. They had just, like, gone crazy. It's like they were on cooldown. And the berserker... <laughs> yeah. The berserker state is, like, when they eat, like, eat a mushroom, right? And yeah, and crazy. then they go, like, it's definitely, it's often very, like, yeah, hallucinogenic, motivated. And mm-hmm. then they're, like, to the point where, like, they, um, it's often, like, noted, like, an iconography of a berserker is, like, chewing on their shield. Because they're so, like, mm-hmm. amped up. Mm-hmm. Um, Like, that's often referenced, like, they went, they... They be- instead of saying they go into berserker mode, mm-hmm. they like began pounding their shields and biting it, and then they go crazy. Mm-hmm. So they saw them weakened, and they also saw that Angantir had Tierfing. They saw that he had the legendary sword because mm-hmm. it's so well known that everyone recognizes it by sight. And so Jalmar, he, so they they like discuss. So Jalmar and uh, and Odd, his friends, yeah, they make a little playbook. They're basically like, so which one of us is going to fight the guy with the legendary sword? <laughs> which one's going to fight the other eleven? <laughs> because like the sword is like so. Mm-hmm feared that it's like they're kind of counting that separately yeah and um odd is like oh i'll fight the guy with the, is odd the friend? odd is the friend the random okay. guy who just kind of and then jalmar is like no you're trying to do that because that's the harder fight mm-hmm. but i'll do it instead mm-hmm. so the guy this is why so the guy who was challenged to the duel is not fighting he's not really that relevant no jorvard uh that's why like it kind of makes sense if angantir was the one who wanted to marry the, the daughter in the first place mm-hmm. but at the same time it's just a hive mind. Yeah, so it doesn't really matter. But yeah. point is that uh, Jalmar fights Angantir, the one with the sword, mm-hmm. and then Odd kills the other eleven brothers. <laughs> so he he defeated including the one that like challenged. Yeah, including the one who actually like was the reason they were there. Yeah, in this version of the events, you would anyway. imagine once that guy dies, it's like it's like well, right, why done. are we here? Yeah. Uh, so Odd defeated all eleven quickly. Uh, they could not harm him thanks to his silken shirt that he had gotten from a fairy. That when you wear it, you gotta kill someone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're getting it, uh, and that's like such a like. As I read that line, I was like, okay. It's just like it's just like the uh, Deus Ex Machina. Well, he, like he, the the person who was right, he's like, oh my god, I have to come up with the reason why this guy didn't lose. Well, apparently he uh, obtained it in another saga that he was a part of. It's basically mm-hmm. like teasing. It's like you want you read the backstory oh, of Odd yeah, to yeah, like yeah, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> to sure. discover why he had the magical fairy shirt. Mm-hmm. But anyway, they like couldn't hurt him. Like mm-hmm. the, he was protected, so like he beat all the eleven, and. Odd then turned to look at his companion, be like, oh, how is Jalmar faring? Uh, and he and he saw that Jalmar was standing over the dead body of Angantir. Um, I thought... Which the sword doesn't make any sense, because you can't... Not only, like, they gave a lot of stipulations, right? They're like, oh, if you wound the other person, they'll die. And also, mm-hmm. like, you will win if you, like, strike blows or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think that's interpreted as, like, if you wound them, 
Like, if you fight and, like, you don't actually land a blow, mm -hmm. you could still lose. But the thing is, Angantir is covered in wounds. Mm -hmm. Or, sorry, Jalmar is covered in wounds and Angantir is dead. So it's like, how did he win? Maybe he didn't use the sword. Maybe he used a different sword. Maybe. <laughs> it doesn't say he pulled out the sword. Um, so anyway, Jalmar is standing above the dead body of Angantir. But Jalmar was wounded 16 times. And he looks to Odd and he says, he takes out his ring and he says, like, Give it to um, Ing, Ing, <laughs> give it to Ing Ingibjorg, who's the name of the daughter they were fighting over. Oh, sure. Um, he said like give this to her and tell her that like I love her, or whatever. Fought valiantly, and then yeah. he dies because he was struck by the the sword. Oh. So that part still. Oh, okay, okay, true. okay. Oh, okay, 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 okay. So like I guess the maybe guy... they never struck blows. Maybe he just accepted it, and he oh just... he just like maybe <laughs> yeah. So that's why he didn't like lose. Or maybe yeah, like maybe the thing is like yeah, Angantir died. But the other guy also died. So is it a lose or is it a draw? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, um, oh, sorry. I was just about yeah. to ask. Is the custom of wedding rings from, like, Norse? Um, like, where does that come from? That's a good question. I'm not sure. He, it does say ring, but I think it, it either said ring or, like, armband. So mm -hmm. I don't know if it was, like, necessarily wedding ring or if it was, it was just, just, like, a, like a, to, a token of yeah. that I loved her. And, mm -hmm. well, you know, supposedly. Okay, so yeah, no, wedding rings definitely weren't Norse in origin. They've been traced far as, as far back as Greek and Roman era, specifically like Roman marriages often used rings in terms of like a pledge of fidelity and a, a pledge of ensuring that the dowry was paid and things like that. So yeah, rings definitely are, find their origin there rather than Norse stories. Okay, back to the show. And with that, he he, he dies, Shalmar dies. Um, Odd then takes the ring and brings it back to Ing Ingeborg. <laughs> Dude, it's I N G. Can I, can I take a look? Yeah, I, I N. Yeah, Ingbjorg, Ingibjorg, Ingibjorg, <laughs> Ingibjorg, Ingibjorg, maybe. I don't know. Um, all right, I forgot about this part. Uh, he takes the ring to her, and when she sees it, she dies of grief. All right, <laughs> the one female character with agency so far. <laughs> um, the twelve brothers were then buried on Samsi in a burial mound along with all of their weapons, including the legendary sword Tearfing. So Odd didn't take it. Mm -hmm. It's just it's in that burial mound. Mm -hmm. uh, well, and... he already has one cursed item. He yeah. doesn't want to kill two people every time he gets in a fight. <laughs> um So then we meet Yeah, we meet my favorite character this whole like arc. Uh so we cut to the daughter of a great Jarl Bjarmar. So what is a Jarl. Jarl's like a, a lord. Like a duke? Yeah. Just like it rules over some land. Okay. Um, and we cut to the daughter of that of that Jarl, and then that daughter gave birth to a to a girl who is named Hervor. Mm -hmm. And Hervor, uh, she was raised in the Jarl's house. And as she grew, she realized that she liked bows and arrows and and swords and shields more than needlepoint and cleaning. If you had the chance to change yeah, a fate, would <laughs> Which, you? <laughs> this is Scottish. It's not. What? Uh, well, she's Scottish, and this is like Norse. Yeah, but it's the same. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah beats, it's true. You know? Yeah, or like, um, so she liked the manly stuff, right? Like she liked yeah. fighting and, and training. And her and... mom and three siblings are gonna turn into bears. <laughs> and then because Boo from Monsters Inc. traveled through time and had oh the Pixar theory. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I get you. Uh, and then all the humans died and became cars or something. I think the Pixar theory is, is stupid. I don't, oh, yeah. I don't subscribe it's to it at all. definitely stupid. Um, but, you know, there's like a YouTube channel of, yeah. of, of two brothers that yeah, like subsist on, yeah. on this because they're running out of water to draw from the Harry Potter well. It's crazy how much water they've drawn from that well. <laughs> they're making a new Harry Potter series. They're getting more water. That's true. Although, apparently, that's just going to be the books again. So, like... But they could have quizzes about that. 
Do you think they're going to like change any of the, of the, do you, is JK Rowling in charge of it? And yes. if so, is it just going to be like <laughs> incredibly transphobic? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that she will not change anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think but will, just make it worse. I think it will be very, very unnecessarily similar to the point of like, why did they make this? Mm-hmm. Because like, sure. The movies didn't adapt, adapt everything from the books. Cause they're a movie and you can't fit everything from a book into a movie. Mm-hmm. And a show could potentially adapt everything from the books. But mm-hmm. at that point, I'm kind of like, why do we need it? I feel like it'd be weird if y- you know what you know about J.K. Rowling and there's a character who's specifically <laughs> trying to fight against slavery. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they're like, no, we just love being slaves. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and imagine they cast Hermione as black in the in this version. Because <laughs> like, oh, Hermione was black in the in Cursed the, Child. In the play, yeah, 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 yeah. So like, I think that's fine. But it makes the optics way worse of, if Hermione of, yeah, is, of, yeah, that's as a black woman fighting against a version of slavery mm-hmm. and then being shut down, saying you're a dumb idiot. Yeah, how could you think the slaves don't like yeah. what they're doing? Uh, I don't think that any of that will be removed. I don't think that the the goblin Jewish connection will be removed. I think it will be. You think very they're going to keep the spew stuff in the show? I think that it would be weird if they didn't because of how like a season is going to be per book, and I think it will be a lot to cut. That's and I think fair. That, I think that. To an extent, I think that that is one of the more interesting things they could do because it was totally removed from the movies. Yeah. So it at least could be Also, like, interpreted. she had a point. <laughs> yes. Oh, Hermione. Yeah, yeah, she was right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, wait, why are we talking about Harry Potter? Um, oh, the super the Pixar, Pixar, Pixar theory. theory. Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> totally, like, offshoot. Like, not even, like... Fell down the rabbit hole. Um, so anyway, Hervor, the, the daughter of a random daughter of a Jarl. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she never knew of her father, and she was told that he was a far-off hero. Uh, she trained with the men and grew, became proficient in weaponry and all these sorts of things. Uh, and as she grew, like she has agency. Yeah, I yeah. That's why I, at one point earlier I was like the first woman with agency so far because oh, I was okay. realizing oh, oh her horse coming me. up. You yeah. got me. Okay, you got <laughs> no, me. Yeah. No, I know because I almost said it. I was like, wait a minute, we do have a woman who's actually interesting and like can like have has agency. In Isn't her there story. like a thing where like there's like some sort of test where if a woman if two women have a conversation, oh the, the Bechdel test, yeah. yeah. What is that? So it's if in a piece of media, two named women have a conversation not about a man, then the media is deemed to have passed the Bechdel test, which is like... Like a a, a, a stamp of not misogynistic? I think it was actually originally made to show, like, how to set such a low bar mm-hmm. that to demonstrate how many things still don't pass oh, that low bar. Sure. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's meant to be like, this is a good thing now that it passes the Bechdel test mm-hmm. because it's like so low. It's yeah. so like, unne- it's just like, it's an absurdity that people, yes. that it, it doesn't. But I think passed. that the point of that has been lost a bit. And now mm-hmm. it's just kind of used as a metric, but it's like <laughs> now, now, now like studios are like, you have to have a conversation with two women <laughs> that don't talk about men. Yeah. And it's like, Hey everybody, editing design here, just coming in to talk about the Bechdel test a bit, which I had known about, but I wanted to see, make sure everything I said was correct. So it first appeared in the form that we know it in a 1985 comic strip written by Alison Bechdel. And she was inspired by her friend Liz Wallace and the works of Virginia Woolf. And it really originally was in context of queer women and the fact that women were always represented by their relationships to men in media. And that the only way that these queer women could see themselves in the media they consumed was if the criteria of the Bechdel test was met. This meaning that women were established in the media as having purpose and meaning beyond their relationship to men, which obviously queer women wouldn't really identify with as much. Bechdel herself described it as a little lesbian joke in an alternative feminist newspaper, but it's obviously grown, blown up to be a much more than that. And she actually prefers it to be called the Bechdel-Wallace test, probably attributing her friend's participation in the development of the idea. So really, yeah, it was really meant to demonstrate how little agency and place in the story women were given. 
Okay, back to the show. Yeah, so uh, I, this does not, I don't think, pass the Bechdel test, this story. There's no. There's not a second woman. It's no, just her. it's just her. Yeah, sorry, um, so her vor, uh, she began sneaking out as she grew older. She would sneak out of the house and like mm-hmm. go and like do like vigilante stuff where mm-hmm. she would like, you know, hunt down bandits and kill them and all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. But then she also started like killing people and just like taking things. So she also, she was like cool, but also like she would just randomly kill people. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, that was fine. Like there was no consequences of any of that. But one day she was like being cruel to the slaves in the home. So like Monka and she, like the slaves then are like, um, one slave says like, Oh, well you were evil. Just like your father who was a mere surf. Mm-hmm. She was like, no, my father was a hero from a far off land. I will go to talk to my grandfather and, and find out the truth. So she goes to her grandfather, the Jarl, Jalmar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he told her the truth. He's like, I didn't really lie. Some people would say your dad is heroic, mm-hmm. but other people would say he's the villain. <laughs> he was Angantir, one of the 12 berserkers who, the, the one who died with the sword previously. So mm-hmm. that was her father. Mm-hmm. At some point he fathered her. Mm-hmm. We didn't get that in the story, but it, ha- but it happened somehow. Um, and he lies dead with his brothers on Samsi. And so Hervor, Hervor replies, well, like my slain kin surely were buried with wealth. And if I'm their next of kin, that belongs to me. <laughs> So I'm gonna go and like get all that loot. I'm gonna dig up the corpses of my dad and his yeah, and my uncles. And take and take their cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, which honestly, I was like, yeah, sure, go go for it. <laughs> it's surprising that no one else has taken their yeah. stuff. Um, well, we'll get to that. It's interesting actually why people haven't taken it. Um, so she's like, I will go and claim it, and I will quote swiftly wrap around my hair a linen headgear. So this is interpreted as like I will disguise myself as a man mm-hmm. and like venture out gotcha, forth, gotcha. so that like, um. Yeah. So, so uh, that I am not treated as property. Yeah. So I can go out and like, you know, be a person. Yeah. Uh, she says goodbye to her mother who wait is named. And they didn't talk about a man. She is talking about the fact that she's leaving, which is not technically about a man, <laughs> but she's leaving because of a man. Wait, I don't know if she has a name. <laughs> I didn't write it down. Okay. Well, I'll check. Yeah. <laughs> um, she says goodbye to her mother and sets off. She adopted the name Hervard. And joined a group of Vikings. So Hervor, Hervard, but I think I'm going to keep calling her Hervor because that's mm-hmm. her name. Um, she quickly rose through the ranks of this random band of Vikings that she joined up with. What, like she was really were, good at what, were ra- Vikings, raiding. Were they like the military force of something? They were like raiding parties. So they were just of like... Of like... Of what? Of the Norse people. So oh. like, this is like um, Nordic. So all of like, so like Norway Sweden, was Norway. united under like one no, nation? Not, not necessarily. It's, that's more like an ethnic group when like uh-huh. I say like Nordic. So mm-hmm. like... um. It would be like a Jarl would have like a kingdom of like, mm-hmm. like a, or dukedom or whatever. So mm-hmm. it wouldn't be as big as a kingdom, I guess. And then they would like send out their bands of Vikings, not necessarily like mandated by the throne or whatever, but like mm-hmm. you would go out to other parts of the country, show oh. up to a village, jump off, ransack the village, bring back the goods to your kind of part of the, like bring them back to your village. Oh, uh, okay. Just kind of okay. wandering. They weren't structured like a military. It's more just mm-hmm. like people raiding and taking things and like. For, like but like uh, organized. Yeah. And okay. it was like a lot. There was a fair amount of them. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like just pirates, a little bit. But yeah. Like, and then they're raiding each other, right? Yeah. Well, like they're not like I thought they were like raiding like England. Sometimes. Okay. Um. They would. Yeah. They'd raid like all sorts of different, like all around the different. Okay. Like, but they weren't like any sort of unified group. They were all just no. A it was bunch a bunch of different, different squabbling. Okay. Gotcha. Kind of groups. Um. It was unified eventually, but I don't remember. I, it might actually there might actually be a narrative on how that happened. I don't mm-hmm. remember it though. Um. So she was soon named captain of this, like, Viking band. Like, she, like, rose through the ranks. Um, and then she, like, only at that point did she was like, we're going to Samsi. Mm-hmm. And then they did. Okay. So they showed up at the island. And the band, I don't know why she recruited the band in the first place. They 
they like stay on the ships. They dock the ship. She rows ashore, and then like gets off. And they so it's just her on the island. It so seems like know. that was an unnecessary like Family Guy aside bit where like yeah, she and just then like, it became a Viking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so then at sunset, I don't know what she did till then. Uh, she encountered a man tending a flock, and he warned her to leave and to not mess with the burial ground <laughs> specifically. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and she ignored him and also called him like unkempt, but like in a Viking way, <laughs> like in a Norse way, like she used a, a term, which is basically means ye with like messy hair, which mm-hmm. was used for like Island dwellers. Cause they were like wild people. <laughs> uh, so she just like calls him messy. And then it's like, I will. Isn't I'm... all, isn't Norway like an Island? <laughs> well, you know, like in the, I, sure. in the fact that I guess every continent <laughs> is an Island. <laughs> um, so she journeyed until she caught sight of the fire of the barrows. And so this was like a kind of like a will of the wisp in like Scottish. Mm-hmm. Folk. It's like a kind of, it's basically a belief that a spiritual fire would hover like over buried treasure. Mm-hmm. So like this, and not just like, it's like a, in video games when you have like a little marker, yeah, like a little glowing light. Except like... apparently it's not just like a little marker. It's like huge. Like the whole thing's ablaze. Oh. Um, and I guess that's probably why people didn't raid the, the mound because it was on, on fire. fire. Oh, okay. But also, the fire, I guess, doesn't hurt you because she walks through. It's specifically said that she walks through the fire. Like, like it doesn't Daenerys. harm her. Um, yeah, like Daenerys. Because it's her birthright. Her for? Yeah. That's why she's here. And so she walks through the fire and gets onto the mound. So I think it's almost like a either like an orb of fire, like around the mound or mm-hmm. like a wall. Mm-hmm. Um, she calls out. She says, wake, Angantir. It is I, Hervor, daughter of Sfafa. She she does have a name. Let's go. <laughs> yes, let's go. Let's go. I just didn't write it down earlier. <laughs> Um, your only child, uh, and I seek the keen-edged blade forged for Sigurdami. So she knew that Tyrfing was here? Yeah. That's yeah. what I mean. Everyone just seems to know the detailed history of this but particular no blade. no one wants it. Or wasn't willing to, like, brave the fire, which I, I think okay. that it kept people away. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, that, like, that guy, the shepherd that she met is meant to, like, signify that, like, everyone is really, like, wary of this cursed land, mm-hmm. so, like, no one really wants to, to mm-hmm. mess with it. So, yeah, so... And gone to your answers. So I was like, whoa. Uh, he says, you are a fool, daughter, for waking the dead. Uh, the blade is not here. Our killers took it. And then she says, you lie. Mm-hmm. He's like, you got me. <laughs> um, the mound then like opens up and there's like a gaping maw in the earth. And then his voice like booms out from it saying like, hell's gate is lifted and flames like coat the border of this island. Flee to your ship if you can. So like apparently the entire island just goes ablaze like when he says this. Okay. Um. But also... Sucks for that shepherd. <laughs> yeah, the one other guy. who's just sheep for now all on fire. <laughs> so Hervor refused. She's like, no, I'm not leaving. Mm-hmm. I want the sword. Uh, and then Ngantia switches, and he's like, okay, yeah, the sword's here, but it's, like, dangerous. Okay, so he's like, it. he's, like, doing good cop, bad cop. Yeah. Bad cop, good cop. <laughs> he was like, leave, you... Yeah. It's not here. Mm-hmm. And when she calls him on, it's like, fine, but you shouldn't have it. It's mm-hmm. bad. And then she insists, saying, like, I don't care about the danger associated. I want it. And eventually, Angantir, like, relents, and she enters into the mound and returns with the sword, which is, like, cool. How I feel big like, is the mound that she can enter it? So, I it's like, a small hill thing, like, opens. Is it, like, the, is it, like, the, the little mound that Aladdin goes into? The one that looks like a big tiger? No, yeah. Yeah. It's got sure. a mouth. Yeah, but I don't think it, like, looks like anything. I think it's just, like, a hill, but with a mouth. It's on fire. It's, like, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess it is like the Aladdin thing a little bit. Um, <laughs> in that it's not on fire and is in the shape of a lion. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly like the Aladdin <laughs> exactly thing. exactly like it. Um, so Victorious, and like, I think that a lot of this story, there's not a lot of detail on like the specifics, but I feel like this would be such a cool 
I feel like there's opportunities for really cool things. Like this the, is where, like, this is like if this was a Greek story, mm. Heracles would be going around wrestling people for like 50 years. Yeah, yeah, with wielding the powerful sword he had yeah. just gotten. But like, I just mean more like specifically the moment like. I've thought of like either like as a video game or like a movie or something, right? Like you enter into the mound, and then you have to fight a bunch of like zombies oh, or something. Like, sure, sure, you have sure. to fight through the eleven mm-hmm. your eleven dead uncles to get mm-hmm. to your father, who then also is wielding the sword as a ghost zombie thing. Like mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like such cool concepts mm-hmm. are like buried in here, and I'm like, Sigh. yeah, get it together, people from ten, like a thousand years ago. You guys don't know anything about story. Right? You do pass the Bechtel test, uh, barely. <laughs> Although that could have been my bad because her name could have been there at first, mm-hmm. but a lot of times their name comes up later. Mm-hmm. Um, Victoria, she, like, returns to, like, the shore. It's like, all right, friends, let's head out. And the ship's gone. Because they saw the island erupt into flames. They're like, we are leaving. Mm-hmm. And I almost didn't include the fact that the island erupted into flames because it was kind of a weird phrasing, so mm-hmm. I didn't really get it. But then, like, as I kept reading, it's like, oh, no, they fled because they saw the fire. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, so, okay, sure. So then she remained on Samsi for some time. Uh, and eventually she finds a way off Samsi. So this is another way, like, there'd be a moment where maybe she, like, you know, has a couple wacky adventures with the hairy shepherd. <laughs> but those aren't here. <laughs> Um, Harry pa- the Harry Shepherd. He's like, I got so much like roasted lamb. I don't know what to do with it. I uh, it's a side quest. Go find me my three sheep. They're lost <laughs> on the island. Um, eventually she makes fi- fi- she finds passage off Samsi, and she makes her way to the kingdom of King Goodmund. Uh, and she is welcomed into his court, and he is nearly a hundred years old, but he is still active, and he has a son named Hofund. Uh, one day, Gundmund was playing Toffel, which is a version of chess, kind of. Um, it's like a board game with mm-hmm. like, with like pieces, pieces and stuff. It's like, yeah. Like, it's like, it's chess in the, in the idea that it's like Shogi is Japanese chess. Yes, exactly. There's pieces on a board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he was struggling and he asked the court, it's like, oh, can anyone help me like figure out like, it didn't say who he was playing against, but I guess he was losing. I, I don't remember the horse moves in an L. <laughs> This is much harder when our letters are, like, weirdly shaped. <laughs> I, I, I believe the horse moves into U, but there's two dots above <laughs> yeah, it. So how do I incorporate I don't know the where dots. it goes. <laughs> Does it do a U and then, like, teleport to those other two spaces? Um, so he's like, oh, can anyone help me? Mm-hmm. Uh, Hervor, like, goes up and offers advice, like, teaching him. So she's like, oh, this is, you know, the, it moves in an L shape mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever. Um, and she had left her sword at her seat. So, like, she was, like, at, like, a big feast or whatever. She, like, mm-hmm. leaves her sword at the seat. Uh, then one of the kings, like, Cordy's, like, one of the other people at the at the feast or whatever, saw the blade and is like, oh, whoa, cool. Let mm-hmm. me like open it to like admire it. Mm-hmm. So he opens it and like a light, you know, the light erupts from the blade. And I like to imagine this like cinematically where Hervor is like hunter of the chessboard and then like backlit suddenly. And she's like, <sighs> <laughs> so she has th- she ever unsheathed it? Does she know that it glows? Again, everyone in the story somehow knows every detail of the sword, okay. except this random guy who unsheathed it uh-huh. because she's now like, someone has to die now. <laughs> so she, she leaps back over the table, grabs the sword from this random guy, decapitates him, and then sheaths it. That's fair. She's yeah. the one, I mean, yeah, he's yeah, the one yeah, that caused yeah. it. Um, she decapitates him and then re-sheaths it. And then, like, uh, she does this, like, all in one motion and then, like, mm-hmm. continues running. So, like, I really like, like, she, like, jumps over the table, like, grabs the sword, chops up his head, jumps, does, like, a... Like, spins the sword in the air. Yeah. Like, it, does, it, 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 like, spins and then, like, she catches it as she, yeah, yeah. As she <laughs> yeah. lands on the floor. Then she whips off the blood and is like, wait a minute, I need that. And then scoops <laughs> back up out of the blade and then she's in. And then yells back to the king, don't forget about the dots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then she just runs out because she knows she just killed a man in the middle mm-hmm. of this court. So that it's not going to, like, she can't yeah. just, nothing, yeah. Well, I mean, she's got a sword that makes it so she can't lose. Uh, she can do yeah, whatever she right? wants. Uh, so the the king's men all like begin shouting trying to egg each other on me like who are we gonna let that slide mm-hmm. we gotta go after her we gotta come on come on guys mm-hmm. but like no one no one does it so mm-hmm. they're all just kind of like 
you go. And like, no, what about, you're stronger than I am. So they keep doing this. And then, the, then Goodman like raises a hand. He's like, oh, everyone be quiet. First of all, that man was a woman. And they're like, what, really? Mm-hmm. And then they're like, well, we could take a woman. And he's like, but she also has Tearfing, the unbeatable magic sword. And they're like, oh, <laughs> so no one goes after her. <laughs> I think it's funny. That is funny. Um, Hervor then, so this is another thing where like not a lot of detail, but she like, uh, jo- re- she like joins another band of Vikings and travels across the land having a bunch of like adventures that mm-hmm. we don't get. Mm-hmm. Um, at least in this source, but I couldn't find them online either. Eventually, she decides to, like, hang up her blade and, like, settle down. She's like, I'm done with the adventuring stuff. I want to get married and have a family. Mm-hmm. Um, so she returns to her father's home, the Jarl. And then later, Hofund, the son of Gudmund, the chess king, mm-hmm. uh, asks his dad, oh, hey, can you, like, find me a wife? And this isn't explicitly stated, but I l- almost like to think that Gudmund knows that Hervor was the the chess, like, the, the, the random, random, like, Mm-hmm. Warrior who helped him with chess. Because he's like, oh, uh, this Jarl Bjamar has a daughter, Hervor, and she'd be a great match for you. Mm-hmm. I think that's neat, but I don't think he knew that. Mm-hmm. I think he just was it's like, just oh. coincidental. Yeah. Okay. And so Hervor and Hofund were a- apparently happily married mm-hmm. uh, and had two children. One, annoyingly, named Angantir, which is fine. Like, Hervor named it after her father. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other one was Hydric. And if you'll remember, that's the that's the title that's the guy who this piece is about oh. king hydric oh okay. the wise yeah, that's yeah, like yeah, the yeah. title of the piece um so angantir was kind natured and loved by his father and hydric was mischievous and troublesome and loved by his mother so they had clear favorites <laughs> that's, that's cute yeah um and to the point where hydric was sent off away from the household to be raised by a guy named gizur who was apparently very wise but like the her, um he hofund, sent to like boarding school yeah hofund was like i don't like this son i'm going to send him away <laughs> and so uh we like then we jump cut kind of for like a you know they grow up they have a montage of them like growing up and the two brothers um years pass and hydric and angantir were grown and at this point like hofun decided to throw a feast mm-hmm. it was a big feast he invited everyone in the kingdom or like you know his yeah kingdom i guess because his father was a king uh except hydric and gizor <laughs> so except for the son he doesn't like and the guy who is teaching his son <laughs> He does not invite those two. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but Hydric did show up. Either, I don't know if he knew about it or just like happened to come home and be like, hey guys, and everyone's like eating. Uh, and like no one greeted him mm-hmm. except for his brother, Angantir. So like, I like to, you know, he comes in, it's like, hey everybody, and just crickets. Mm-hmm. And Angantir's like, hey Hydric. Just <laughs> <laughs> one hand, yeah, like raising like, up. A- I, I, I don't know whether I like the idea that Angantir has no idea that everyone for some reason just doesn't like his brother. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess it's warranted because apparently Hydric does cause trouble, but mm-hmm. we haven't seen evidence of it yet. Right. Um, or that he knows that everyone doesn't like him, but he like still sticks up for his brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, regardless, he does, which is nice. And so Angantir offers him a seat. He's like, oh, sit next to me at the feast. Um, then this is the first point we get Hydric starting some trouble. Mm-hmm. So like, it's this whole sequence where like basically Angantir gets up a couple times to go like to another part of the, or to go to the courtyard or whatever. And whenever he leaves, Hydric starts like, stirring the pot between the people sitting around him. He's like, Hey, I heard that guy said that you're weak. And I heard this guy said that your mom's ugly or whatever. Like he's doing mm-hmm. all this. And then like, it works. Uh-huh. And the people around him are like, did you really say that? Mm-hmm. No, I didn't say that. Well, I heard you say it. And they start like getting really angry at each other. Mm-hmm. And this like goes on and on. And then Angantir comes back and they're like, Angantir, did you hear? And he's like, guys, just like, let's chill. Mm-hmm. But then like Hydric does it again. Point is he gets these people like riled up to the point that they start fighting, fist fighting. And one, like one of them kills another person. Mm-hmm. So Hydric like got people so angry. Somehow they like killed each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Hofund, you know, I assume is at the front of the big grand hall, like he sees this commotion and he's like, what's going on? And Hydric's like, 
who me or whatever. <laughs> like, and so then Hopefoot is like, Hydric and like sends him out. He's like, get out of here. Mm-hmm. And so Hydric like goes out into the courtyard and then like, and gone to like walks with his brother. He's like, Hey man, you know, it's fine. You know how dad is or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. So they're out in the courtyard together. And then Hydra's like, yeah, okay, fine. I just want some time alone. And then Gonti's like, okay. So he walks off. So then Hydra's like wandering around the forest, around the hall, kind of like moping. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he, in anger, like he hears like a group of people talking and he's like, man, they're all enjoying the feast or whatever. He takes a rock and he just like chucks it in their direction. Mm-hmm. Then he hears that it hits a person. He's like, oh, I'll go see who it was. And it turns out he had hit his brother and Gonti in the head and killed him. Oh. Yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> I was pretty sad about that, honestly. <laughs> but also pretty silly. Yeah. Um. So Hofund, who already didn't like this guy, mm-hmm. is now really mad and exiled Hydric, uh, despite Hervor, Hervor's, like, objection. She's like, no, don't, even though he did kill, but I didn't really like him that much anyway, so. <laughs> um, so now Hydric is ex- exiled, but, bef- so, like, Hervor's and okay, but if you're going to send him away, at least give him some advice on how he could, like, you know, make something of himself. Mm-hmm. So Hofund says, okay, fine. Hydric, give no help to a man who has slain his lord. Uh, never deliver to a man who has murdered his fellow. Don't let your wife visit her kinsfolk. Whoa. Monka. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, technically, it's like, don't let her visit too often. But I'm like, I don't know. It feels pretty <laughs> controlling. Um, don't be late abroad with his mistress. So don't like, don't cavort with your mistress for too long. But it's okay to have one. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, don't ride your best horse when you're in a hurry. And never foster the son of a man more powerful than you. I don't think this guy... A bunch of random pieces of advice. Yeah, that's... That's... All right. Hydric just, like, gives his dad the finger and starts walking away. <laughs> um, Hervor then, like, chases after him and is like, Son, you always knew you are my favorite. Now, you're... It's default. <laughs> your brother's dead. <laughs> but... Uh, now you're your dad's favorite. Like, you just have to be. You have to be. So, you're going on a journey out into the world. I once did that. I got some crazy stories I could tell you. But anyway, here's a sword mm-hmm. instead. So she hands Tearfing to her son, Hydric. Mm-hmm. Here's a sword or here's the sword that everyone Here, knows Here's about. the legendary sword, okay. Tearfing. And her was like, oh, you mean the legendary sword that kills a man with one wound and also admits it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> rattles off the entirety yeah. history of the sword. Mm-hmm. Um, so next follows a couple little episodes of Hydric's journey where it's like specifically he's... It, like fulfilling the like kind of ignoring the advice of his father specifically mm-hmm. like he meets a group of people and they'll have someone like chained up and he's like what did this guy do so he killed his lord oh and he like frees the guy <laughs> i i'm late for my appointment give me my best horse <laughs> yeah like that he's literally yeah. like doing that kind of stuff and the next one's like it's a very similar situation it's like what did this guy do oh he killed his fellow free him or whatever like, so he literally just does that twice mm-hmm. um and eventually he arrives in the country of ride got ride Gotaland. Uh, and Harald was the king, and he was old, and he had no son. I don't know if he had other children. I think he had a daughter. Um, other Jarls were, like, asserting dominance. They were kind of, like, encroaching on his territory, trying to, like... Mm-hmm. They might have been under him, but they were to the point where they had more power than he did. Yeah. So, uh, they basically demanded tribute from the king every year to keep the peace. So, like, the king had tried to, like, oust them and lost, and mm-hmm. instead of, like, getting rid of the king, I guess, they just had him pay them. the puppet. Yeah. So, he was, like, paying tribute to these Jarls to, like, remain in power. Mm-hmm. And Hydric was staying with the king. And one day he came to the hall to see it piled high with treasure. He's like, whoa, this is all yours? Mm-hmm. He's like, it won't be after today because <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm paying it to the Jarls for right. tribute. And he's like, you, a great king, has to pay these lowly Jarls? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's enraged and he convinced and he says, let me let me deal with them. Mm-hmm. I'll get rid of these Jarls for you. Um, just give me like, give me some men and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll lead them to victory. Uh, and the king's like, okay. <laughs> And so then the two forces met on the battlefield, Hydric with his 
band and also with the legendary sword in hand. Right. And then these random Jarls. It, one would one would like think that he wouldn't need those men at all. Yeah, right. That's true. <laughs> they might just die for no reason. Yeah. Uh, so Hydric with Tearfing in hand couldn't be stopped. He hacked and slashed the entire force, forcing his way to the back lines and killing the, like the Jarls who mm-hmm. I guess at this point weren't like leading the force or as he was leading the force. Mm-hmm. Um, he then like toured around the kingdom, like securing the land for King Harald. So he basically was like quelled all the other people who were like against the king. Mm-hmm. And then he returned and yes, oh, Harald did have a daughter, of course, because then he gave his daughter Helga in marriage to Hydric and also half the kingdom. He didn't, he didn't give Hydric the kingdom. He said, I still want half of it, but mm-hmm. you can have the other half and also marry my daughter. So I guess when I die, you'll get my half. But for now, I want it. Okay. Seems a little bit. Seems weird. Yeah. Instead of just being weird. like. Seem... Just wait till I die. Yeah. Th- yes. But they needed that because there's a conflict coming up. Okay. So the two ruled in harmony mm-hmm. until a famine struck the country or the area, I guess. And the people were desperate. And Hydric. Oh, oh sorry. I forgot a detail. Uh, Hydric and Helga had a son who they named Engantir after his brother, who he had killed. Who was also named after... Hervor's father. Hervor's father. A lot of dudes named Engantir. Okay. Um, and Harald also had a son at this time, the old king, mm-hmm. the, the old man. Oh, no. But also, um, they, we don't get his name. But yeah, he also had a son. So now there's like... He, there's, he, a, there's a secession. Yeah, he won't get that half of the kingdom now because yeah. the son would get it. Uh, the people were desperate for this famine to be ending, though, because there was now a famine. Hydric and Harald like met, and they were like, what do we do? So they consulted some soothsayers who tossed sticks, which is like a form of like literally just tossing sticks and based on how they fall, mm-hmm. you know, re- reading the future. Sure. Uh, also augury, which is like birds, like dissecting the guts of birds. What? Yeah. Like uh, actually it's, it's both. It's like looking at the patterns of birds and using that to predict mm-hmm. the future. But also I, I think, think we it's talked like, about this in the Rome one. Yes, we did. It's, it was used in Roman. Like okay. it was more prevalent in Rome, but apparently they had a version of it in mm-hmm. like I mean, birds are like contact with Rome. As birds well. are like important. Yeah, like it's interesting cultures. to see because um, I think a lot of different cultures had like a ver- like a, a a way of using birds to somehow predict the future. Do you think this might come from? This is a theory, okay? Okay, yeah. You know, Go birds for it. fly like south. Like the Pixar theory. Yeah, <laughs> we love you know it. How birds fly south for the winter. Mm-hmm. They saw. They saw like mm-hmm. oh, birds are flying and it's cold, so they must know. They must something know that it's going to be cold. I mean, honestly, man, maybe. Yeah. Um, I think there's definitely like a level of like birds fly and have like a a view of the world that we don't have. Mm-hmm. So there's some sort of connection there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure that migration patterns could also be heavily argued as mm-hmm. a reason why people might lend a certain wisdom mm-hmm. to birds specifically. Although a lot of cultures specifically would like, you know, look to nature in some regard to. Do birds fly south for the winter everywhere? Or is that just America? I think they fly south in general because it's warmer closer to the equator but, but i guess what below the equator they're australian birds it doesn't make sense as much does it no they would fly north for the winter they'd fly, fly north for the summer wait no that's not how it works wait no because no. winter wait hold on it's our just, no it's wait our on. summer is their winter our summer is their winter but they the do they months. call it winter yeah 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 but the months are different so like october like december for us is hot for australians okay but they still call it yeah it's still summer yeah that's still their summer uh, but okay. it's in December. I, and the toilets flush backwards. Yeah. Also, well, yeah. And also Christmas is, it's hot mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. So they go to the weird. beach for Christmas. That's weird. Australians, you're weird. Yeah. Also, there's other parts of the Southern Hemisphere. It's not just Australia, but like. Oh, you're right. Like, <laughs> it's the rest. Uh, it's, New like, Zealand. it's like half the planet. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like Brazil. <laughs> yeah. A lot of the planet. <laughs> uh, but for some reason. It's not just you and me, I think. A lot of people just default to Australia in terms of talking about, like... I think it's because Australia is so far from everything yeah, else. It, really, it just yeah, seems foreign. <laughs> yeah. But Brazil's, like, 
in some way connected to us yeah. somehow. Yeah, by land. Yeah. Or it was before we like cut through Pan- Panama. Panama Canal, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, they they went to the soothsayers and they looked at birds and also tossed sticks. Mm-hmm. And they said the only way to bring up back prosperity to this land is to sacrifice the noblest born male in the land. And so suddenly, Harold and Hydra were both like, well... Your son is far more noble than mine. <laughs> so surely it must be your son. Mm-hmm. And then, no, 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 no. Your son is far more noble than mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they did not agree on which son should be sacrificed. Mm-hmm. Um, so for some reason, they sought the advice of Hofund, Heydrich's father. So Heydrich went to Hofund to ask for advice. Because I guess Hofund was like revered as like a... A wise Jarl? I guess so. Okay. Uh, that wasn't established before now. Mm-hmm. But like... Uh, so they go to him for advice. and Well, I think just Heydrich goes. Harald like stays back because he's old or whatever. Uh, so Heydrich goes and he, and Hofun greets him and says that like, so he's like, dad, Hey, you know, we had some bad blood, but like, <laughs> and I like to think that this continued in this conversation. I don't know. Uh, he's like, so we're having this conflict where like, we have to decide whether we have to kill one of our kids mm-hmm. and I, you wouldn't know anything. You get it. You get, it. You, you get, get it. it. you wouldn't know anything about that though, right? Like losing a son. Like anyway, um, <laughs> and we have to kill the noblest born son in the kingdom, but I have a son. But also the other king of sons. What do you think? And Hofun is immediately like, like your son. Yeah. Your son's the noblest. Oh, really? Yeah. He's like, kill your kid. Really? <laughs> yes. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so good. I thought it'd be like, oh, you're not noble. So yeah, your son's yeah. Not noble. I know. Which I, the thing is, I don't know the motivations behind Hofun, but mm-hmm. I like to believe he's like, I still hate you mm-hmm. and I want you to suffer like I suffered. Mm-hmm. So kill this kid. But also he could just genuinely believe that mm-hmm. Heydrich is like the nobler. Right. Like, I think noble is also being used like highest born. Mm-hmm. So like more, most more, royal or whatever. Right, and they're sure. both king. I don't. It's not really determined why Hofun came to this conclusion, but mm-hmm. he does. And then Heydrich is like, fine. But if that's the case, like, I'm losing a son. What repayment should I, like, ask for from Harold? Like, mm-hmm. what should I, like, ask for in, in recompense? Uh, and Hofun says, okay, well, you must demand that every other man at the sacrifice be loyal to you alone, or else you will not offer your son. So, like, at the ceremony, mm-hmm. like, w- one, loyal, not loyal, loyal, not loyal. Oh, like, not gotcha, every. Gotcha. I don't think it's every other man. I, th- I don't think it's, like, every other man at the thing. I think mm-hmm. it's every other man. Um, oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Like you skip one. Yeah. I, I don't know why, but, uh, so Heidegger returns home and calls a council and is like, okay, doesn't he already own half the country? So half the people, so he owns, he already, yes. okay. So what the dad is asking for is actually 25% loyalty. <laughs> so I think that a way for this to make sense is you'll see. So Heidegger returns home and he calls a council of the land. And I imagine, right. So half of the people there are from the other kingdom and half the people from his kingdom. Mm-hmm. And maybe he has it set up so that he puts his people uh-huh. in between. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that, and then he starts like, I'm just going to start and, arbitrarily with you. Then, who's not currently loyal to me. Um, <laughs> or he acts, he messes up and then he's like, he, like, he leaves to the net loyal. zero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so basically what he does is he, he makes it. So, so he makes it. So he, he asks for this to from the people and they're like, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. If you kill your son, then whatever. Um, so, they all agree and then he's like okay so you swear your loyalty to me yes I do you swear whatever and then he's like okay now that you've all sworn loyalty to me I declare war on King Harold <laughs> you all must obey me and we now we now leave to ne- we leave it now uh, and did, so did they kill the son no oh so he basically made them swear loyalty before he killed the son and that like oath is binding oh so he had their loyalty and they didn't, didn't read the fine print nope, of the contract they didn't they did not kill his kid and he got their loyalty and that's so crazy he led a battle against King Harold and beat him because mm-hmm. now he if the scenario that I drafted up is correct, he now had the loyalty of a lot of the men from his kingdom. Mm-hmm. And even if it's not, he had some of their loyalty, so he now outnumbered them. Right. Uh, also, he had the invincible sword. So, like, 
You're necessary? right. There was no reason for all this politicking. He could have literally just killed the king. Yeah. Like, any time he wanted. <laughs> He's also so old. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just, just wait. And just then... give him McDonald's Sprite. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. Then instead of killing his kid, like, after the battle, right? He had killed the enemy, King Harold. So, he, he the whole kingdom was his. And then instead of his son, he offered, he was like, okay, Odin, all of these people that we just killed in this battle, that's for you. Sacrifice. <laughs> um, you just double dipped. Yeah. And then that worked. So the famine ended. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. It's good, right? Yeah. Uh, his wife, Heydrich's wife, um, did not like, though, that he had just killed her father. That's fair. So what else do you do? In-laws, am I right? <laughs> yeah. You can't, you can't get along with them. So what else can she do but kill herself, which she does? Okay. Um. They really just are like, let's get women into the story and get them out. He sees his his wife hanging from the ceiling from a rope. Mm-hmm. Odin, that's for you. <laughs> <laughs> one more in the pile. <laughs> one more. <laughs> Apparently, I think this was a custom. I think I looked this up at one point that like before a battle, mm-hmm. I think often you would um throw like a spear mm-hmm. and it would land in the middle of the battle. And that's how you would dedicate this battle to Odin. Mm-hmm. So I think he technically had to do it before the battle, oh, which sure, I'm sure, sure he did. Sure. But right. I like the idea of like, oh, hey, a lot of people are dead. Odin. <laughs> um. So, Heydrich quickly found himself a new wife. Uh, this is like the very next sentence. Mm-hmm. He just like, uh, the daughter of the king of Saxland, who is, um, Saxon. It's like, I think it's actually in England. Saxon. Yeah, Saxon. The Saxon. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, he traveled far and wide on his adventures and his new wife often wanted to return home to visit her family. Uh, and he was like, my dad yeah. told me not to let her do that. I'm going to let her do that because mm-hmm. I hate my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, so she traveled there often with her stepson. So, because Hydric has a son named Angantir who he didn't want to kill. That whole conflict right. earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she just goes with her stepson, like, to the... Or, yeah, stepson, right? Because it's not her son. So she goes with Angantir to England. Yeah, often. Okay. And then Hydric just adventures. Uh-huh. One summer, while he was, like, he went back to, like, her homeland, to Saxland. And he was like, oh, I'm going to surprise her. Mm-hmm. So, like, he arrived in, like, the night, like, crept into the into the house. Oh, no. And then in... Wait, the, hold on. Can I yeah, guess? Sure. They have a relationship. The, the 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 son and the mom in law. This is this is um. Th- that's what happened, right? No, oh, okay. <laughs> it's just it's just with a random other guy. Oh, but okay. she is cheating on him, but okay. with a random guy, not the son. How much would it sting if it was his son? Yeah, though? I know. Well, then I feel like that did happen in a Greek story. Yes, I don't remember which one, but I think it did happen. Um, okay, the Greek story that I was thinking of. Uh, hey, everybody, editing design here is that I was thinking of Phaedra, who was the daughter of Minos, and she was cursed by Aphrodite to lust for her stepson Hippolytus. And I was specifically reminded of the events as they were depicted in the book Ariadne by Jennifer Saint, which is really good, by the way. You guys should check it out if you have not read it. All right. Back to the show. So anyway, uh, yeah, so he walks into the, the room and she is in bed with some random guy with like uh, fair hair, so like blonde. Mm-hmm. And Heydrich is there with one other guy. And the one other guy is like, well, are you going to kill him? Mm-hmm. Like right here and right now? And Hedrick's like, no, I've got a better idea. He cuts off a little bit of his hair and then also wakes up his son. Is like, come on, we're out of here. And so. Oh, he just didn't care that much? I don't know. Well, in a sec. We'll see, like he, he did care, but not enough to kill both of them mm-hmm. right then and there. Um, so he cut off a lock of the hair of the man and woke up and gone to here and bringing him aboard the ship. And then the sh- they left. And then they, they faked their arrival the next day. Be like, oh, we just got here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is what I don't understand fully this section. The, the, his, his wife, the queen, right? Like the king, like the, his, his wife. 
shows up and is like, your son is dead and Gontier's dead. I think maybe because he's he's gone because mm-hmm. she woke up and he's not in the house anymore. She's got like, she's like a baby. She has no object. Yeah. Like, why did she assume he died? I don't yeah. know. Like, why didn't she assume he's on a walk or something? Like, I don't. Mm-hmm. So she goes to Hydra. It's like, your son is dead. Not only that, but she like, he's like, I, I must see him, the body of my son. And she's like, okay. And it brings out the body of a dog. Like wrapped in a shroud. So like, maybe she was like, he won't open it. Oh. But then he opens it and it's a dog. Uh-huh. And then Heydrick says, my son has had a change for the worse. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> okay. I don't, this interaction made no sense to me. Um, I could not make head or tails of it. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I, uh, yeah. I could look into it more. I tried looking. I was like, Heydrick, son, dog. <laughs> I couldn't find anything. <laughs> but uh, I'll, I'll look into it again because I was like, so like what? Okay. Maybe it wasn't like the next day. Maybe it took some time for them to get there. So she's been gone for a while. That could be. I just wonder why she faked his body. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, unless she had, like, a plan that somehow necessitated him thinking that his son had died. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what that plan would be. Yeah, I don't know. Um, So on, so then he's, like, after the joke he makes about his son being a dog, he's like, mm-hmm. Gontier, come on out. <laughs> and, like, Gontier walks out, like, hey, mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, wait, hold on. Gontier knew his mom was cheating the entire time? I guess so. Okay. And didn't tell his dad. All right. Uh, maybe he didn't know. Like, maybe... So then Hydric called every man in the city to, like, come to this, like, meeting. Mm-hmm. He wanted to find, you know, the match for the hair. Mm-hmm. He compared it to everyone who showed up, and it didn't match anyone. He's like, where is this mystery man? Mm-hmm. So then they checked, like, the kitchens of the palace or whatever, and, like, he was a slave who, like, worked in the kitchens. And he's like, Ooh. this is the man. Um, and then he, like, declares to the king of Saxland, he's like, this is the man that the queen prefers over me. Uh, and then he declared that the queen would be his no longer, and he left within Gontier. He, he wasn't upset about it, I guess. I, maybe he's like, uh, maybe he's like a cuckold fetish. <laughs> oh yeah, he was like, he was like, this is great, actually. <laughs> I love this. Um, I think, oh, he's a slave. That makes it so much worse. <laughs> I think it had something to do with him deliberately. Um, he's like shaming her. No, 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 not one. Maybe, but I think it has something to do more with his dad's advice, and he oh. like he like actively did not fulfill it, but then also is now actively trying to make it so the result. The, the does consequences not... of his advice that he didn't follow are not hurting him. Yes. In, in, yeah. in spite. Yes, I believe that that's what's going on. Okay. Because it seems like every little episode that we're getting is as a response to advice that his father... So he hates his dad so much yeah. that he would rather be cuckolded yes. than to admit he was wrong. Yes. Okay. I think so. <laughs> um, so one summer, later, Heidegger was feeling particularly resentful of his father and realized, <laughs> I still have a couple pieces of advice to ignore. <laughs> I gotta go somewhere fast and my <laughs> my best horse Not is that available. one yet, but he needs, to, he's like, I will foster a man, a son of a man who's more powerful than me. Mm-hmm. So he, he set out to uh, Gardariki to meet with the king, Gardar, and he offered, hey, I'll foster your son. That's a very weird <laughs> a very weird offer. Uh, the king, he's like, the king didn't want the trouble of saying no, because mm-hmm. if he said no, he'd have to fight and, like, he'd probably win, but, like, he'd lose men or whatever, right? So he's like... You'd have to fight if you said, no, I don't want yeah. this random stranger to take my son? Yes, and then he'd be like, well, I declare war on you or whatever. Okay. So he's... And then he's also like, you have the unbeatable sword, I guess. Mm-hmm. So he's like, sure, he's my kid. I think he had multiple kids, but... Sure. Um, so then he said, okay. And Hydric raised the young boy and loved him. So, oh. like, it went well. Okay. Uh, years later... The pair return to Gardar's realm and they are all hunting together in like a big hunting party. Mm-hmm. So Hydric, Gardar's son, who Hydric has raised, and Gardar, the king, uh, are all in a hunting party and a bunch of other people are there too. And at one point, Hydric and Gardar's son, who I don't think is named, uh, are separated from everyone else. Mm-hmm. It's just the two of them. And then Hydric is like, 
I got a good idea. Why don't you hide? Just like hide for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then Heidrick runs back into the hall, like, you know, hours later after everyone's returned from the hunt and being like, oh, like, woe is me. Like really dismayed and like, hor- like horribly upset. And everyone, and then like, uh, he confessed. He was like, your son is dead. <laughs> I killed him. We were, we were chilling by an apple tree. And I was like, oh, look, apples. I'll cut them with my sword. And I took out my sword and I realized, oh no, I have to kill him now. <laughs> so then he, this didn't happen. He's making this yeah, up. Yeah. He then killed his son. And then like sheath the blade. And he's like, I'm so sorry. And then Heidrich was then like shackled by Gardar, who was like in rage. He was like going to like kill him or whatever, like mm-hmm. execute him. He would have him hanged. Wait, Gardar. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. So Gardar currently thinks his son is dead yeah, yeah, and Heidrich yeah. killed him. Mm-hmm. So like, Guy Gardar is going to execute Hydric. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hydric then, as he's like getting led to the gallows, I guess. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, jokes. He's, he's like, he's like, hey, uh, men who are, I guess, loyal to him, is like, go, go to this village or whatever. They go and they bring back the son, mm-hmm. and it's like, ha ha ha, <laughs> gotcha. I was like pranked, literally just a prank. <laughs> no reason for him to have done this. It doesn't gain him anything. It gets him YouTube followers, dude. I guess. Subscribers. Like, I literally was like, like, and I'm like, you know what? Hydric is living up to his name of being mischievous He's and troublesome. He's just an agent of chaos. He, he just is, lives for chaos. It was so like, what? And that storyline is then dropped. I don't know what happens to this foster kid. I assume the There's dad is like, like... no negative consequences no. to, to it. It was just a story. It was just for, for the bit. All right. And so also, he raises a child for the bit. Yeah. And also to ignore his father's advice. Yeah. Uh, but also that advice didn't play out badly for ignoring it. You no, know what yeah. I mean? He um, got a son. Yeah. He got a son that he loved. Yeah. Uh, then, and then he needs to go somewhere fast and use his best horse. You're getting it. At at this time, Hydric had a mistress uh, whose name was Sifka. Uh, but can he have a mistress if he doesn't have a wife? No, I guess he's just not married to this woman. I guess he, maybe he's still legally married. Well, so basically, he had he had a woman that he was like seeing, mm-hmm. um, but he needed to get rid of her so that he could marry Gardar's daughter. Because apparently, at the end of that whole situation with the foster son, Gardar's like, "Oh, marry my daughter." Or no, no, sorry. I forgot a part. Um, so it was a prank. Gardar then like offers Hydric his daughter in apology for like falsely accusing him for, of killing. For falling for his prank? For, yeah. For, for falsely accusing him of killing his son, even though Hydric told him that he killed his son. Okay. So yeah. So yeah. So that's, so it actually was a net positive for mm-hmm. Hydric because now he has another kingdom potentially. Imagine if this is how America worked. Hmm. The police like, you know... <laughs> Oh, I like where this is going. Unlawfully pull some black person over because they're racist. Mm-hmm. And then the state's like, this was the police's fault. And then they're like, all right, I guess I got to give him my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine if that's how it worked. <laughs> um, so anyway, at this time, Hydric had a, had a mistress named Sifka, but he had just been offered a proposition for marriage. So he had to get rid of this woman. And instead of just breaking up with her, uh, well, I guess he does break up with her in a sense. One night, he took his best horse, and the two rode off. So he's in a hurry. He's mm-hmm. using his best horse. I don't think he, like, did this on purpose. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think he, like, made a note. He's like, oh, I'm ignoring my father's advice. He just did it. Mm-hmm. Um, the horse collapsed from exhaustion, and so Hydric like, carried Sifka. And then when they crossed a river, he broke her back and dumped her body in the river. On purpose? Yes. Why? To get rid of her. Because he needed to marry the other woman. Oh. Okay. Yeah, Hydra's just like a bad dude. I was like, what? Huh? He's just carrying her and she's like, yeah, I'm fine with this. Yeah. Well, they're like seeing each other, I guess. Too. Right. But like. So she thinks she's like, she's like, 
a romantic getaway. I guess. But then he just like he like he like knee, like he does a like a, a pro wrestling move <laughs> yeah, where, he, like, like, where he's holding her yeah, yeah, and yeah. then he slams his knee on her spine. Yeah. You know, I guess maybe that's a good point. Maybe he didn't mean to kill her. I yeah, thought, maybe he I, just took a step too big. And yeah, just, I thought just I thought the language her, I thought the language said that he I think it said that he broke her back and I took that as intentional, but it could have been an accident or it could have been like sexual. <laughs> I don't think it was, <laughs> but I guess it, I couldn't rule it out. And so maybe this is actually the the payoff for him ignoring his father's advice and riding his best horse in a hurry in that he killed Sifka. I think that would make more sense. That would make more sense. Uh, okay, maybe I don't hate him as much because I read it and I was like, dude, why did you do that? Maybe it is sexual, like a broke back mountain. No, he, she's dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, he then returned and married Gardar's daughter. And they had a daughter that he named Hervor after his, like, uh, yeah, his mother. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, a lot of names. I just don't. No, I know. I don't know the names. It's fine. I'm just, it's like, I'm like a, I meant, it's like an object permanence thing. Yeah. This is the character that we're talking about and there's just people around him. Yes. And they're vaguely related to him. Yeah, yeah, And I'm just remembering their relationships, not the names. (laughs) So he then raised a glorious boar whose hair seemed to be of gold, attended by 12 counselors. What? I don't know. So he's just a thing he did. Like a pig. Yeah. Okay. With hair, not of gold, but seems like gold. Mm -hmm. And attended by 12 counselors. He then declared uh, a new law of the land that any who do wrong should have judgment from the counselors. And the pig? I guess the ones that like... So the the pig is like a bureaucrat? I don't think the pig makes a decision. But for some reason, the 12 counselors, the 12 like caretakers of the pig uh-huh. are like the highest regarded people in the realm. That's okay. Uh, Wait, hold on. What land is he ruling over? The, I guess the kingdom Gar- that he Gardar. got from earlier from, uh, maybe, or now maybe the new kingdom they just got from Garda for marrying his, his daughter. Okay. Okay. Um, and that's like the, the law of the land. And so that is where we will leave the story of Hydric for now. Okay. He has a cool boar mm-hmm. and some stuff. The boar is going to be relevant. Yes. <laughs> You'd be surprised. It okay. will be. Um, and we will return to this to, to, to figure out the rest of his story at a mm-hmm. later date. So as of right now, how did you think about this whole cycle? I um we'll decide first. Uh, well, I don't know. So like it feels I, de- I definitely see like what you mentioned earlier, how it's like a folklore thing, mm-hmm. because like he doesn't really seem like a, a person. Yeah. He's just a thing that. He's a thing that things happen to. Yeah. Like, he doesn't really seem to have, like, that much of a personality, except he sometimes is a shit stirrer for, yes. some, for no reason. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. But that's it. Like, yeah. that seems like his only... Because, like, like, he had, like, no reaction to his wife cheating mm-hmm. on him. He had no... Except to spite his father, maybe. Yeah. But, yeah. He had no reaction to, like, his mistress dying. Yeah. It just seems like he's just, like, something happens. He's like, okay. Yeah. And he keeps going. It. It's, it's kind of, like, weird. Yeah. But I don't know. It's interesting so far. I think, uh, conceptually, I really like a lot of the... A lot of the stuff that happens. Mm-hmm. But, like... Yeah, the text itself is, doesn't explore it very much. Mm-hmm. Like, cool cursed sword with a beam of light. Oh, that's cool. It's I like very your cool. It's, really it's like neat. hardly used. Though. And I also really like how we were joking about accidentally unsheathing the sword, and yeah. it was like his prank. <laughs> he was like, oh, I got it. <laughs> yeah. And then it did happen once to Hervor, I suppose. Some random guy unsheathed it. But... That's true. Yeah, she's that interaction, and that apparently. I liked Hervor the most. Yeah, me too. I wish there was more about her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, to the point where I was going to just make, make an episode about Hervor specifically. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, There's she doesn't. Like, not enough. I was like, she doesn't have that much yeah. about her. And I was like, oh, bummed. Mm-hmm. Um, but the apparent, the most like iconic part of this saga, at least in art, is mm-hmm. often represented is Hervor confronting her ghost father to get the sword. Like, oh. that's represented a lot. Sure. Where, like, I've that never moment. Seen that. No, no, not like a lot in terms of, like, art, a lot in terms of stuff from this story that is 
referenced or represented, uh-huh. that's the moment that people choose to represent if they're okay. going to represent something from this story. Uh-huh. Like they don't not not him going. It's just a joke. <laughs> yeah, not him like, like <laughs> not in the gallows. Like yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. with his head underneath the gate guillotine. It's and his fingers pointing up. I'm actually. <laughs> yes, yes. It's like a Renaissance scene where he's like pointing, and then everyone's like looking aghast at like the son who's like walking in all like gleefully. Um. Yeah. So they. they but the like. Hervor confronting her ghost dad mm-hmm. to get this legendary cursed sword from mm-hmm. the burial mound mm-hmm. surrounded by spirit fire. I'm like, that's so cool. Yeah. I'd like a little more of that, please. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Oh, it's neat. I do like it though. It's yeah, it's cool. And these cycles, they're called cycles for a reason because they mostly follow a family. Like you, you go at the beginning and then it's like, this person has a kid. Then you follow their story. Then they have a kid. They follow their story. They follow, have a kid. Mm-hmm. Cause we had like, there's, there's a fair amount past Hydric. Like he has kids and you follow them for a bit, like that kind of a thing. But like, like, he already had a daughter in her war. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's kind of how these cycles work. Because they don't really often have a central character as much. This one does, Hydric. But, like, it's more about the entire family, like, history, genealogy, tree thing. So, so are we... Are the two of us specifically only focusing on Hervor because you like the thing that happens to him, or is he like the main character in terms of this story? Or he is he is the main character in this translation of the collection of texts. So, like, it's segmenting a part of it and mm-hmm. basically the parts that relate to Hydric in some way mm-hmm. like a couple generations back how do you get to him mm-hmm. a couple generations past okay and like the title but of that's this... not but but like he's not like the main focus of these stories it's just like a list of stories not necessarily he would be like yeah he he's would be like, like a character he'd be like a stories. character in the the saga okay but he's he's like a he's a pretty central one does the sword fall down the family tree the entire time um not technically, because uh, the very first exchange is some random guy who shows up. Like, Sigur Lamy got the sword and then gave it to... That's true. ...some random guy that showed up. But, mm-hmm. like... But that guy did marry his daughter, so, like, mm-hmm. son-in-law. So, like, not necessarily yeah. by blood, but by, like, co- like law of the land. Yes, it is staying in the family. For, like, the entirety of the sword's history? Um, I don't know. I didn't finish the entire oh, thing. Okay. But, like, there, I do have a next chunk, but, like, I didn't finish all of it, so I don't know... Mm-hmm. The sword's eventual resting place, mm-hmm. but for now, yeah. Okay. So, so what's a what what uh, what lesson do we think you take? Um... Or in <laughs> in honor of Hydric's way of life, we do the opposite. We do the opposite of a lesson. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like we don't. Yeah. We don't want to learn. Hold we on, learn I'm just the... trying to think of any advice that my dad gave me that I could oh, kind of ignore. Ignore in spite. So one, it's not really advice, but one thing that my dad told me at one point. I think I've told you this before, and you like this this adage i suppose or like i you know i called my dad like chris at one point mm-hmm. which is my dad's name and he was like hey zion everyone in the entire world can call me chris mm-hmm. but only three people in the entire world can call me dad and i was like well i can someone else can call him dad it's just weird <laughs> <laughs> yes i suppose <laughs> So what I'm saying is you should call everyone dad. <laughs> Except for your Except dad. Except for your dad. That's the advice we're taking. Uh, oh. <laughs> That's really funny. I cannot think of a single piece of advice my dad has ever given me. Yeah? He just wasn't very yeah. around. So um, maybe be around for your kids. That's the opposite like lesson, you know? Oh, maybe. maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Hold on. I'm really thinking. Yeah, okay. I'm really recommending. It's going to take a bit. Hold on. That's Let okay. me think. He told me to never smoke. Because he was a smoker. Let's go buy some. Let's go buy some cigarettes. Yeah, some <laughs> no, Marlboro Reds. Um, that's that's a piece of advice I would say mm-hmm. that counts. Yeah, it's a little bit I think hypocritical. Yeah, for sure. But I think it's not a bad piece of advice. Yeah, but now I got to do it because this is part of the exercise. Now I got to smoke. Oh smoke. yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Um, and it will the, only pay off well, I think. Well, in, <laughs> your mistress might die. Mm-hmm. And your wife might cheat on you. Mm-hmm. But you'll be fine with it. Dude, did, did your dad come up with that? that, that I don't know. Po- that's, that, that's a, it's like sitting with me, dude. <laughs> You're right. It's, like, it's, it's nice. Like, I like it. a good one. I like it. He just came up uh, with that on the top of his dome? Maybe. That's crazy. Uh, I, um... Yeah, I always think about that whenever, like, because, you know, it's kind of a trend. Not, mm-hmm. I feel like it was more of a thing when, like, kids were, like, in middle school, like, mm-hmm. classmates of mine. It was, like, cool to, like, call your parents by their first name. Be like, I, you know I still mean? feel uncomfortable, like, addressing the parents of the children I work with by, by their, their names. Name. Yeah, because yeah. you're, like, you're an adult you're, and I am not. Yeah, I'm, I'm a baby. We are not on the same yeah. playing field. Yeah. No, so, like, but, you know, kid, the classmates would, like, say, like, oh, yeah. And then I said to my mom, Jennifer. Mm-hmm. I'm like... Why, what? <laughs> so do, why'd you do it? You can't do that. I I did. I don't even remember. Mm-hmm. Like, I did like one time, and mm-hmm. then like when I was like, "Hey," and I was like, "You know what? That's a good point." Mm-hmm. So that I haven't ever done it again, really, unless I'm speaking about him in third. I person. guess uh, it doesn't come up very often. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, that was that was uh, that was the a chunk of mm-hmm. the story of King Hydric, as we're calling it. Mm-hmm. So, thanks, thanks everybody for listening. Yeah. And make sure to follow the opposite of the advice that we gave you. Because that's the lore. What was the advice that we gave him? I don't know. Uh, call everyone dad. Or don't. So, yeah. Okay. I mean, that's like a trendy thing now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're right. We're we're hitting that zeitgeist, Dude, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, man. Like the 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 people with... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 All right. Alrighty. Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, hold on. Ironically enough, mm. people with daddy issues probably don't call their dad dad, but call other men their dad. Dude, you're so right. <laughs> we we figured it out. That's it. We solved it. Yeah. Whatever it was, it's solved. Sorry. Goodbye. Thanks again for listening. It's a Classic Podcast is available everywhere you get your podcasts, from Spotify to Stitcher to Apple Podcasts. And hey, if you're listening on any of those platforms, why not leave a review? I'd love to hear what you have to say. We're at itsa.classicpod on Instagram and at itsaclassicpods on Twitter. The intro and outro music is by Michael Picton. Bye again, and keep it classic. <laughs>